This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael, I love this question. I think we're going to have a, a, a friendly exchange here that I think... You're going down, Tim Chen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Let's see. <laughs> Because here's our question. Listeners, I hope I hope this means m- as much to you as it does to me and Michael. Why couldn't or could Jesus be a woman? Can you, can you just read the next line? Because uh, it's really it, great, actually. If you think about his wisdom and patience and his tolerance of pain, Jesus reminds me more of a woman than a man. Interesting. I will make an observation oh. about his observations of femininity yeah and masculinity and that femininity for him is wisdom and patience and pain tolerance and uh, it's interesting just as a, a, a i would say a a note of observation in my brain if you were to say to me i have this person filled with wisdom and patience and pain tolerance i would think of a man i would actually think of a man I, first I and man that's just first. cultural i mean in terms of my brain how i would see that so it, obje- i just and think it's that's not that women can't be wise and have a high pain tolerance yeah I know women that are. All right, let, let's talk about could Jesus be a woman? Like hypothetically, flip a coin. It could be a dude or a chick. Doesn't matter either way. This debate has been going on for years within a certain branch of Christianity, liberals. Jesus is neither male nor female. God is neither male nor female. We we're wrong, and this is what I've heard liberals say, we're wrong to assume that God is man and Jesus is Jesus would have to be a man because we're totally removing the fact that God has female characteristics. Therefore, it doesn't really matter whether Jesus was a man or a woman. And I don't know where this person is asking this question, but I've heard questions mm-hmm. like this come from what I would call Christian left. Yep, yep. Uh, let's just start at the at the beginning of of the point, which is number one, Jesus was objectively a man. Absolutely, it's not even in question. Uh, I honestly don't have a category for what documentation, historical documentation, anybody is reading that could advocate of some kind of gender neutral or feminine Jesus. That's insane. Well, here's here's where I've heard people go with this. Look at the Renaissance period. Look at what what uh, they portray Jesus is looking like. Yeah, every culture has different expressions of masculinity and mm-hmm. femininity and how God, whatever. So Now, the Romans would have never done that. No, never. So if you go, let's just, we'll start with what we know. Jesus was a dude. He was a man. 100%. So that being said, um, God the Father has no physical body. But in terms of gender, gender is not something that man creates and then therefore transitions out of or into. Correct. Gender is something that God creates. And God, when he assigns gender, he is revealing to humanity aspects of himself. As God the Father particularly chooses to identify himself, it is 100% in the masculine. Um, And he does this on purpose. And the reason he does this is because he's communicating. And so when God creates gender, he creates male and female, both male in his image, both reflecting the fullness of his attributes. Yes. But God, the father himself identifies with the man. Correct. Because out the entire Bible. He yes. Does. The reason is simple. Now, if you're, a, if you're 
liberal, you're not going to like it, but it doesn't matter because this is how the Bible communicates, that God is communicating his positional authority, which he has reserved for masculinity. Yes. Now, that is so offensive to any liberal in any way, shape, or form in 21st century culture. Well, when God didn't wrote the Bible, he wasn't concerned about 21st century liberals. And when God created Adam and Eve and then gave Adam authority over Eve and over the family, and when he created this and put this into the very system of what God calls the family, he wasn't concerned whether or not liberals were going to care or not. This is what he did. That's why he did it. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is gender becomes very personal for God. Yes. Because gender is a reflection of himself. When Jesus uh, in eternity past um, determined to become human um, and and incarnate, um, he chose masculinity. Every time the angel of the Lord comes up in the Old Testament, who is Jesus, incarnate, pre-incarnate, absolutely, he's always masculine, 100% of the time. And so what God is communicating from father to son is he's communicating gender realities and that the father, who is the ruler, would would let Jesus be the king of kings and then he would rule. And that rule and dominion was something given fundamentally to masculinity in terms of the people of God and the family. I understand, again, I'm saying this, and um, somebody who has not a lot, let's just say somebody who's more influenced by liberal cultural theology rather than just the clear, easy teachings of Scripture is just going to hate what I said. I don't mean well, yeah. to be offensive or anything of the sorts. Um, there's a reason why um, why some of the views of gender transitioning and gender gender dysphoria and liberal perceptions of God and Jesus and gender are new to the church over the last 50 years because for six to 10,000 years of human history, um, these have not been primary ways of viewing gender. Yes. So God created gender um, because gender reveals him. He wanted himself to be communicated as masculine, as the father and masculine as the son. You know, let me, let me point out this idea, you know, for you, Tim, I'm not saying I'm like a hundred percent, like hundred percent like this is it, but I have a theory. And if I'm wrong, then let me know and I'll tell everybody I'm wrong. It seems to me that God, the father identifies as a man, God, the son identifies as a man, but God, the Holy spirit. Uh, it feels like when I look at the attributes of the Holy spirit, they become much more feminine in nature. Mm-hmm. But every time in scripture that it uses a personal pronoun for the Holy Spirit. It's it is always masculine. 100%. So like there's this thoroughly masculine, but now here's, the, here's the problem. The problem is that when in Genesis, and he says he makes male and female, male and female, he created them in the image of God. He created them. Yes. So there's something unique about the male and the female together, each fulfilling a role, mm-hmm. knowing their specific uh, cooperative identities and purposes that together they most fully show the full image of God. God. And so it's interesting because though God communicates himself thoroughly and totally as masculine, um, the feminine aspect is essential for the full image of God. So even though this is what's weird, even though I am fully made in the image of God, there's no lack of image of God in me. And my wife is fully made Mm -hmm. in the image of God. There's no lack of the image of God in her. Together, we more fully image God in marriage than either of us could individually when it's a male and female marriage. So here's what's interesting to me. There, We've been talking about the Christians that are on the far left, on, on the liberal side, and they actually have their own translations where they have taken out the masculine pronouns for God and have inserted either general, gender, gender, gender neutral, neutral yeah. pronouns or, or, hyper, or feminine or yeah. straight feminine. 
what I always want to say to them is, okay, I, I get where you're going and I know why you're doing this, but you, there's, there's problems that you're going to be faced with, especially when we go back to the question that's been submitted, was Jesus or could Jesus have been female? And the answer is absolutely no. Jesus had to be masculine because in the biblical culture, Jesus functioned as a rabbi. Rabbis were always masculine. Yeah, but just to be clear, Jesus isn't responding to the culture. Judeo no, culture no. was developed by God. Correct. God literally put masculine parameters into the leadership of the Judeo culture. Absolutely. And Jesus comes into the Judeo culture as a man, as and he a already man. established those patriarchal priorities. And all the terms that are given to the Messiah from the Old Testament, King of Kings, there was never any female king. They're always called queens. He had to be masculine, Lord of Lords, Prince of Peace, Son of God, Son so the of Old Man. Testament knew he was going to be knew masculine. All the Old Testament terms for the promised Messiah were masculine. Yeah, they're not grammatically confusing terms, they're grammatically explicit terms. Yeah. Just in the same way that we have a he and a she and a masculine and feminine, so do the Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic languages. Absolutely. And so for someone to say, could it, could Jesus have been female? The answer is no. If, because if it, he was, it, all the prophecies would have been fundamentally wrong. It would have wrong. blown the Old Testament prophecies to smithereens. Right. Yep. It's, what's hard about this conversation is as we talk, we're obviously steeped and informed in biblical theology, historical theology. Like we have all these biblical concepts running through our brains, our minds, our hearts forming us. And this sounds like complete nonsense. It sounds like patriarchal oppression. Mm. Anybody from a liberal side who is is going to listen to this. And I under, I do. I understand. Yeah. I can put myself, I may not agree, but I can put myself in your shoes and see how you developed your worldview and how your worldview processes this question. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because I do, like there's a part of me that knows that this a question like this and an answer like we're giving is getting more and more inciting. And I guess if I could just talk to our listeners who may disagree with this and just tell them one thing. Yeah, please do. No conservative wants to give hard answers to this, given the amount of venom from, from the liberal left. Right. No, like nobody wants to be on the receiving end of that. It would be great if we could just give easy answers that made everybody happy. Like that's not our goal. Tim and I, you and I, we're, we're, we're stuck in a, in a position because our job is to teach what does the Bible teach? What does the Bible teach? Yeah. What does it clearly say? And what does it clearly demonstrate? Right. Whether or not that's helpful for people who don't agree or whether or not they like it or it lands emotionally well, here's what we know in the Bible. Um, God assigns himself a gender. God creates gender. God creates gender with specific gender roles. Um, and then God expects those genders, said genders, to live out their live roles. themselves out. The and when they don't live those roles out, God takes it very personally because gender is personal to God. Um, those are actually non-debatable concepts if you're talking about what does the Bible teach. Those yeah. are just standard things. Mm -hmm. um, now, again, if you're going to live your life under the authority of the Word of God, then you're going to have to figure out how to – um, not by hook, line, and sinker into some of the cultural liberal views on gender because they are flat, blatantly inconsistent with what the Bible teaches. Now, they already know that because if they're listening, they're angry right now mm -hmm. and they think we're terrible humans. But what I want them to hear is we're not just trying to be jerks. 
We have an authority that is not culture. The authority is above our our words. Right. It yeah. would be easier for me to say all the good things yeah. that you want me to say, but that's not my authority. You right. have your authority. You're speaking out of it. I'm speaking out of my authority, which is the word of God. Mm. And that's what we've been trained in is to figure out what it says, what it means, et cetera. That's what we're trying to help you with. I hope that helps a little bit. Um, and some of you are like, why would anybody disagree with this? <laughs> well, the world's divided. <laughs> yes, the world is not at this place. Okay, Pastor Michael, Pastor Craig is going to be here tomorrow. What is going to be his question? Well, we're going to give him an incredibly difficult one. And it goes like this. If someone is gay and they're married and they become a believer, should they seek a divorce? And then it goes on and says, what if the couple, the homosexual couple, have children through adoption or IVF. Man, this this is complicated. Ooh, yeah. I say we punt to him and we let, let him, Craig have this. We'll one. let him get in trouble. <laughs> Goodness, love it. Thank you, and we will see you guys tomorrow. tomorrow.